Part One, Section Eight of Experiments and Observations on Different Kinds of Air by Joseph Priestley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Part One, Section Eight of the effect of the calcination of metals and of the effluvia of paint made with white lead and oil on air having been led to suspect from the experiments which i had made with charcoal that the diminution of air in that case and perhaps in other cases also was in some way or other the consequence of its having more than its usual quantity of phlogiston it occurred to me that the calcination of metals which are generally supposed to consist of nothing but a metallic earth united to phlogiston, would tend to ascertain the fact, and be a kind of experimentum crucis in the case. Accordingly, I suspended pieces of lead and tin in given quantities of air, and in the same manner as I had before treated the charcoal, and throwing the focus of a burning mirror or lens upon them, so as to make them fume copiously. I presently perceived a diminution of the air. In the first trial that I made, I reduced four ounce measures of air to three, which is the greatest diminution of common air that I had ever observed before, and which I account for by supposing that, in other cases, there was not only a cause of diminution, but causes of addition also, either of fixed or inflammable air, or some other permanently elastic matter, but that the effect of the calcination of metals being simply the escape of phlogiston the cause of diminution was alone and uncontrolled the air which i had thus diminished by calcination of lead i transferred into another clean vial but found that the calcination of more lead in it or at least the attempt to make a farther calcination had no farther effect upon it this also like that which had been infected with the fumes of charcoal was in the highest degree noxious made no effervescence with nitrous air was no farther diminished by the mixture of iron filings and brimstone and was not only rendered innoxious but also recovered in a great measure the other properties of common air by washing in water it might be suspected that the noxious quality of air in which lead was calcined might be owing to some fumes peculiar to that metal, but I found no sensible difference between the properties of this air and that in which tin was calcined. The water over which metals are calcined acquires a yellowish tinge, and an exceedingly pungent smell and taste, pretty much, as near as I can recollect, for I did not compare them together, like that over which brimstone has been frequently burned also a thin and whitish pellicle covered both the surface of the water and likewise the sides of the vial in which the calcination was made insomuch that without frequently agitating the water it grew so opaque by this constantly accumulating incrustation that the sunbeams could not be transmitted through it in a quantity sufficient to produce the calcination i imagined however that even when this air was transferred into a clean vial the metals were not so easily melted or calcined as they were in fresh air for the air being once fully saturated with phlogiston may not so readily admit any more though it be only to transmit it to the water i also suspected that metals were not easily melted or calcined in inflammable fixed or nitrous air or any kind of diminished air footnote eight 
none of these kinds of air suffered any change by this operation nor was there any precipitation of lime when the charcoal was heated in any of these kinds of air standing in lime water this furnishes another and i think a pretty decisive proof that in the precipitation of lime by charcoal the fixed air does not come from the charcoal but from the common air otherwise it is hard to assign a reason why the same degree of heat or at least a much greater should not expel the fixed air from this substance though surrounded by these different kinds of air and why the fixed air might not be transmitted through them to the lime water query may not water impregnated with phlogiston form calcine metals or by any other method be of some use in medicine the effect of this impregnation is exceedingly remarkable but the principle with which it is impregnated is volatile and entirely escapes in a day or two if the surface of the water be exposed to the common atmosphere it should seem that phlogiston is retained more obstinately by charcoal than it is by lead or tin for when any given quantity of air is fully saturated with phlogiston from charcoal no heat that i have yet applied has been able to produce any more effect upon it whereas in the same circumstances lead and tin may still be calcined at least be made to emit a copious fume in which some part of the phlogiston may be set loose the air indeed can take no more but the water receives it and the sides of the vial also receive an addition of incrustation this is a white powdery substance and well deserves to be examined i shall endeavour to do it at my leisure lime water never became turbid by the calcination of metals over it the calyx immediately seizing the precipitated fixed air in preference to the lime in the water but the colour smell and taste of the water was always changed and the surface of it became covered with a yellow pellicle as before when this process was made in quicksilver the air was diminished only one-fifth and upon water being admitted to it no more was absorbed which is an effect similar to that of a mixture of nitrous and common air which was mentioned before the preceding experiments on the calcination of metals suggested to me a method of explaining the cause of the mischief which is known to arise from fresh paint made with white lead which i suppose is an imperfect calyx of lead and oil to verify my hypothesis i first put a small pot full of this kind of paint and afterwards which answered much better by exposing a greater surface of the paint i daubed several pieces of paper with it and put them under a receiver and observed that in about twenty-four hours the air was diminished between one-fifth and one-fourth for i did not measure it very exactly this air also was as i expected to find in the highest degree noxious it did not effervesce with nitrous air it was no farther diminished by a mixture of iron filings and brimstone and was made wholesome by agitation of water deprived of all air i think it appears pretty evident from the preceding experiments on the calcination of metals that air is some way or other diminished in consequence of being highly charged with phlogiston and that agitation in water restores it by imbibing a great part of the phlogistic matter that water has a considerable affinity with phlogiston 
is evident from the strong impregnation which it receives from it may not plants also restore air diminished by putrefaction by absorbing part of the phlogiston with which it is loaded the greater part of a dry plant as well as of a dry animal substance consists of inflammable air or something that is capable of being converted into inflammable air and it seems to be as probable that this phlogistic matter may have been imbibed by the roots and leaves of plants and afterwards incorporated into their substance as that it is altogether produced by the power of vegetation may not this phlogistic matter be even the most essential part of the food and support of both vegetable and animal bodies in the experiments with metals the diminution of air seems to be the consequence of nothing but a saturation with phlogiston and in all the other cases of the diminution of air i do not see but that it may be effected by the same means when a vegetable or animal substance is dissolved by putrefaction the escape of the phlogistic matter which together with all its other constituent parts is then let loose from it may be the circumstance that produces the diminution of the air in which it putrefies it is highly improbable that what remains after an animal body has been thoroughly dissolved by putrefaction should yield so great a quantity of inflammable air as the dried animal substance would have done of this i have not made an actual trial though i have often thought of doing it and still intend to do it but i think there can be no doubt of the result again iron by its fermentation with brimstone and water is evidently reduced to a calyx so that phlogiston must have escaped from it phlogiston also must evidently be set loose by the ignition of charcoal and is not improbably the matter which flies off from paint composed of white lead and oil lastly since spirit of nitre is known to have a very remarkable affinity with phlogiston it is far from being improbable that nitrous air may also produce the same effect by the same means to this hypothesis it may be objected that if diminished air be air saturated with phlogiston it ought to be inflammable but this by no means follows since its inflammability may depend upon some particular mode of combination or degree of affinity with which we are not acquainted besides inflammable air seems to consist of some other principle or to have some other constituent part besides phlogiston and common air as is probable from that remarkable deposit which as i have observed is made by inflammable air both from iron and zinc it is not improbable however but that a greater degree of heat may inflame that air which extinguishes a common candle if it could be conveniently applied air that is inflammable i observe extinguishes red-hot wood and indeed inflammable substances can only be those which in a certain degree of heat have a less affinity with the phlogiston they contain than the air or some other contiguous substance has with it so that the phlogiston only quits one substance with which it was before combined and enters another with which it may be combined in a very different manner this substance however whether it be air or anything else 
being now fully saturated with phlogiston, and not being able to take any more, in the same circumstances, must necessarily extinguish fire, and put a stop to the ignition of all other bodies, that is, to the farther escape of phlogiston from them. That plants restore nitrous air, by imbibing the phlogiston with which it is loaded, is very agreeable to the conjectures of Dr. Franklin, made many years ago, and expressed in the following extract from the last edition of his letters, page 346. I have been inclined to think that the fluid fire, as well as the fluid air, is attracted by plants in their growth, and becomes consolidated with the other materials of which they are formed, and makes a great part of their substance, that, when they come to be digested, and to suffer in the vessels a kind of fermentation, part of the fire, as well as part of the air, recovers its fluid active state again, and diffuses itself in the body, digesting and separating it, that the fire so reproduced, by digestion and separation, continually leaving the body, its place is supplied by fresh quantities, arising from the continual separation, that whatever quickens the motion of the fluids in an animal, quickens the separation, and reproduces more of the fire, as exercise, and all the fire emitted by wood, and other combustibles, when burning, existed in them before in a solid state, being only discovered when separating, that some fossils, as sulphur, sea coral, etc., contain a great deal of solid fire, and that, in short, what escapes and is dissipated in the burning of bodies, besides water and earth, is generally the air and fire, that before made parts of the solid. Footnote 8 I conclude from the experiments of Monsieur Lavissier, which were made with a much better burning lens than I had an opportunity of making use of, that there was no real calcination of the metals, though they were made to fume in inflammable or nitrous air, because he was not able to produce more than a slight degree of calcination in any given quantity of common air. End of section 8